0: Woo! Great to see you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I have a quick question before we dive into today's message. Next Sunday, there's kind of a big sporting event going on here in the United States. Anybody can uh, remind me what it is? Super Super Bowl. Next Sunday, and we've been doing this for years now, we call it Football Sunday is a special series of service. All of our Sunday morning services, we're gonna have a football theme to them. The parking lot's gonna be a lot of fun. We've got breakfast tacos for everybody. Yeah, that's right, everybody, all right? And we've got some fun games, inflatable, all kinds of cool activities and stuff that you do not wanna miss next week. Wear your favorite team jersey, doesn't even have to be a Super Bowl team next week, whatever team that you love. It's just a a fun Sunday, and the cool part of the service is that we've been doing every year, and there's a ministry that does this for us and makes it so easy on us, but they have gone out and interviewed the the athletes that are going to be playing in next Sunday night's football game in the Super Bowl that have had incredible faith in the Lord, and they're sharing stories of their faith in God, and we're going to be sharing those in the service, and they are always very powerful, life-changing, and could not be a more appropriate time to share them than the day that they're about to take the field for the most important NFL game of the, the whole world. So anyway, we are excited to be able to share that, and I'm going, to be, I'm going to wrap up our services. I'll be here as well as a part of it, but I just want you to invite your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, anybody that you know that you think might come that doesn't already go to a church somewhere, that might come to a service like this, might come to a special kind of football Sunday event like this, that might otherwise not come to a regular Sunday service just because they're a little skittish about church, but this might be a great Sunday for them to come and God radically changes their life. So I just want to encourage you this week that you just kind of have your antenna up to say, God, who do you want me to invite? I will just and invite a whole bunch of people. People. That way, you know, even if just one comes, then we still double in one weekend. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, everybody brings somebody. So I just encourage you to make that a part of your week this week is to invite somebody to Football Sunday next Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a great, great day together. So for a couple of weeks now, pretty much most of January, we have been in a series entitled, I Wasn't Prepared for This. All right? We've been talking about the fact that life has some completely unpredictable things that are going to happen to us. As a matter of fact, one happened to Leslie, my wife Leslie and I, this week. Her grandmother that she was dearly close with all of growing up and spent so much time with, she passed away this week, and we were down in South Texas yesterday. I was doing part of the funeral yesterday, but if you had told me on Wednesday that that was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed it. She was in, doing well, and everything was, was, you know, you just don't know these kinds of things are right around the corner sometimes, but we've been talking about what are the things that we can do to prepare our hearts for whatever comes next, because sometimes you can predict with some pretty accurate predictability what's going to happen next. You know, I'm about to graduate, so that's going to happen, right? Or I'm about to get a job, or I'm about to get married, or about to have a baby, or a second baby, or a third baby, or maybe you're about to have a grandbaby, or maybe your babies are about to start school, uh, or about to start middle school, junior high, high school. All of those are huge milestones, and they all take different parenting techniques and styles to be able to navigate those tricky waters, and all of those require us to change and to grow and to become people that we aren't currently. We, we have to be willing to grow and to change to meet those challenges. So how do we do that? We've been talking about that these are challenges that are, are difficult, and many times we, catch, we, we find ourselves being caught off guard and not fully prepared. And here's part of the problem. We talked about this first, the first week. There's no correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. Now, one of the greatest illustrations I could give you is marriage. Wouldn't you say there's a big difference between knowing that you want to get married and being prepared to be married, right? Those are different sets of skills, radically different. Now, as a pastor, I have been to a lot of weddings, a lot of weddings, right? And I've even helped perform and officiate some. Um, But I have never seen an ugly wedding. I've seen all kinds of big weddings, small weddings, outdoor weddings. They're always beautiful. I, I think they're all beautiful. But here's the thing. Every single one of us in this room have seen ugly marriages, Right? We may have never seen an ugly wedding. And here's the thing about North American people, Americans. We spend an inordinate amount of time, money, energy, effort on weddings. We pour a lot into it, lots of planning, preparation, but we put very little into the marriage to follow which hopefully will last for years and years. The wedding is just one day. The marriage is supposed to last for decades and decades for, till death do us part, right? That's the commitment. But we tend to put the emphasis in the wrong place. Just knowing that something's coming and being prepared for it are two radically different things. This is why today I want to share with you a prayer that I believe has the power to radically change your life. It's changed mine. It has the power to prepare you for what's next. And and if you like simple, easy to understand, portable things, they're easy to take with you, you're going to love this message today. Because basically what I'm going to do is break down one verse of Scripture and I'm going to give you one prayer to pray that I believe is so powerful could radically change the trajectory and the destiny of your life if you will really take it to heart and really do it. Now, uh, I, I give you this prayer. Now, you may be saying, well, why do we need a prayer like that? What's the point for all of this, Will? The reason I'm giving this to you is because lots and lots and lots of very smart people just like you make really bad decisions for their life. And you know how they're bad? Because you live to regret them. You look back and say, I wish I had made different decisions. I wish I had chosen something different. And last week I talked about the fact that maybe we've had those moments where we look back and say, I wish I knew then. If I had known then what I know now, I would have made different decisions. That shows us that knowledge, wisdom, does play an important part in the decision making process. And so, I want us to look forward and say, what can we do to, be, to make the future different? What can we do to make dis- different decisions now that might make for a better and different future uh, ahead of us? Because all of us are going to have those moments where we wish we would have done it a little bit differently. Now, in this proverb, the writer of Proverbs here, we're not exactly sure exactly who this Part of Proverbs was written by individually, but here's what they do for us. They say, I'm going to give you a scenario that all of you have seen maybe hundreds of times in your life, and here's the scenario, is that first of all, there's two people. And there's two people with one set of circumstances, and these two people are going to have to make a response. They're going to have to make a decision. And they make two different responses. And these two different responses have two radically different outcomes. And I want you to see right at the beginning, that as we look at this proverb, the circumstance does not dictate the outcome. Sometimes we think, well, if that circumstance hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have this outcome. He's going to show us it's the response To the circumstance. The people determine the kind of response, and I wanna talk to you about your response to the circumstance that you're going through, because some of you are going through hard stuff right now. In some area of your life, it's very, very challenging, and you need to have some guidance going forward, and that's what this verse is all about. We're gonna be looking at the verse found in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. And here's what that verse says, how it begins. And if you would, let's read the highlighted words together. It says, a prudent person foresees danger. Now, this is not a word that we use a whole lot anymore. This is not, we may see that and say, oh, is that a prude? Is that a prudish person? No, prudent means someone who is wise, someone who is wise. And a wise person in the context of this verse is someone who understands that the season of life are all connected. In other words, your decisions that you make today will become tomorrow a part of your story, a part of your past, and either it's a part of your past you're proud of and you don't mind telling your friends and family and your kids and your grandkids someday, or it's a part of your past that you're gonna try to hide because you're ashamed of it, right? But your decisions will become a part of your past and they will always show up in your future. They have a way of coming back to visit us in the future. Your decisions have a way of doing that over and over again. And a wise person or a prudent person understands that time is connected in that way. And because it's connected in that way, that we need to right now, if there is a future hope and dream that you have, that maybe you would say, God has put, given me a, a hopes and dreams for the future, then you have to understand as a prudent person, your decisions today will dictate whether or not you arrive at that destination in the future. Your decisions today will determine the destiny or destination of your life. Just like when you're behind the wheel of your car, the direction of your car will determine the destination of your car. So same with your life. The prudent person understands that all this stuff, these seasons, are connected. A person who's not prudent sees life as a series of isolated events that don't really have much connection with each other. And what the prudent person does next is really fascinating. What the prudent person does next sets he or she apart from the crowd, makes them completely different. As a matter of fact, what they do is so unique, so peculiar, it makes other people saying, Why are you doing that? Why are you behaving like that? Why are you acting like that? You seem like you're kind of overreacting. What is he what is he talking about? The prudent person foresees danger, and here's what they do: they take, let's say it together, they take precautions. They look ahead, they see danger. And they take precautions. Let me talk about this word for a second because this English word precautions comes from a Hebrew root word that is really this beautiful word picture. And here's the picture: it is a traveler or a scout that's working for a group of people that's gone way out in front of everybody, and they have looked, they have foreseen danger. They're looking down the trail and going, Oh, whoa, there's some danger ahead. I see some guys. They're going to try to jump us. They're going to try to rob us. So we need to change directions now. Based on what I foresee, the danger up ahead, I'm going to take precautions, which means I'm going to change directions. I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to change my habits now while I still have time. And literally the word means they head for the hills. They head for high ground. You've heard the old saying, when danger comes around, head for the hills, right? That's really what this word means. They head for high ground because that's where safety and security and protection is. So they go to the high ground and they do it immediately. They respond immediately. That's what makes them prudent. That's what makes them wise. They respond to what they see. Now, this is really very important to understand about prudent people. The prudent don't ignore what they see, even if what they see isn't what they want to see. Did you follow that? That sometimes prudent people. It's not just a journey. It's a relationship. I'm looking out ahead of my marriage and I'm going, well, I'm seeing some of the stuff that we're doing, saying, and the way we treat each other right now. It's not heading in a healthy direction. This is going to end ugly. This is going to go in a bad... When I start looking out in front of my, my finances and I realize, man, we keep spending every dime that we make. We spend more than we make. If we keep doing that, disaster is waiting for us down the trail. They will look at their circumstances, even if they don't want to see it, and they'll say, we've got to do something now. We've got to respond now, even if it's not what they want to see. And this is what the prudent do. And then the proverb writer shifts his focus. He goes from the prudent to another individual, and here's the next individual. And then he says, the, let's say it together, the simpleton. The simpleton, again, another word that we don't use a whole lot. It's a word that just simply means naive. Simpleton, naive, is not somebody who is dumb or stupid. It is someone who lacks experience or knowledge. We all come out of the womb simpletons. We all come out of the womb naive. We don't have any experience. We all start off there. Absolutely. So predominantly, the simpleton are younger people. And they are people, unlike the prudent, that see life as a series of isolated events. That the way I behave and act right now and my decisions today are not going to affect my marriage later. The things that I'm doing right now financially are not gonna affect my finances later. The way I act right now when I'm in college is not gonna affect when I have a career later. They think there's no connection, that they're completely isolated. What happens over here stays over here, right? That's what they think not how it works. And you see this in our culture. There's a controversy right now, so I'm sure you're very familiar with. It. It's been happening over the last year or so. There are these e-cigarette companies that are targeting teenage people, simpletons, naive, young people. And there's no long-term studies to prove anything conclusively just yet But what we do know from the research, and this is not my opinion, you can look, there's all kinds of articles, news um, shows that have covered this, and done all kinds of research on it, which show that the kids that are smoking the e-cigarettes have three times higher cancer-causing toxins in their body than those who don't. And these kids, when they interview them, they'll say, you guys are way overreacting, we're fine. This is not dangerous. We're going to be careful. We'll be the exceptions and nothing's going to happen to us. You know why? Because they're simpletons. They've got no experience. They haven't lived long enough to see, oh my gosh, there's ramifications and there are consequences to our actions. It's the same reason that credit card companies target college freshmen. They know they'll fill out the application and they'll send them a credit card and they'll start racking up some debt. It works and they make billions of dollars off of it. They're counting on this, absolutely profiting from it. And I'm just saying, I'm not trying to demonize certain companies. I'm just saying, listen, this is all around us. It's still with us to this day. And what he's saying is that the simpleton doesn't see the connection. The the simpleton literally looks at the exact same danger, the same danger that the prudent does. They just don't see it. They don't see it. They're looking at it, but they don't see it. They're blinded by their own naivete, their own young and Limited experience. They don't see that this is dangerous, and they don't want to hear it. Like they just want, hey, you, y'all are the reason you're overreacting is because you're old. That's what old people do. I'm gonna go hang out with my young friends that are not so stressed out about this, and we're gonna just have our fun, right? Because life, this is isolated events, and we they're not connected. And he's trying to show you, no, that's not how it works. Because the simpleton goes blindly on, he says. They go blindly on. They don't see it coming. They're blind. They look at the exact same danger, but they don't head for the hills. They don't change directions. They don't change their behavior. They don't change their habits. And he says, and they will suffer the consequences because of it that it's going to hurt. And they're about to pass over the point of no return where it's going to get very painful. The verse goes on to say the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Back when I was in my early 20s, I remember... Uh, me and a buddy of mine wanting to learn how to whitewater canoe. Now, whitewater canoeing is very different than whitewater rafting. Whitewater rafts will bounce off of rocks and are very durable and everything. Canoes are a little more delicate. They require a lot more finesse, and you've got to be really careful about where you go. We had a friend of ours that was a guide. Like, he really knew his stuff, and he was going to show us how to do this. We were on the San Marcos River, and he told us, hey, up here, there's this pretty good drop, this pretty good fall, and so before we get there, we're going to put out, and we're going to carry the canoe past the fall and put back in because the canoe, nor us, can handle that fall right there. So we don't want to do this. So I remember us coming up closer, and and I didn't know where it was, and he said, okay, it's time to put out. And I remember thinking and saying out loud, wait, we're going to get out here? Like... This seems way too early. It's it's way too calm here. He said exactly. That's why we get out here. Cuz if we wait till right over there, there's a point of no return coming up. And I don't even want to get close to that. Because this is too expensive of a canoe and I'm kind of thinking you guys don't want to go to the hospital. So, we're going to get out right here and we're going to walk down and we're going to put in. This is what prudent people do in the way that they live their lives. They see the danger, they foresee it, and they take precautions before they go any further. You see, the prudent look ahead. And it's so important that you act early when you start to see the danger, when you perceive that something's going to get dangerous. You begin to act early. Now, what I'd like to do is just share with you a couple of scenarios that have happened to me as a pastor walking with people through really difficult times. I'm not going to obviously name names or anything because these are things that have happened not just to one or two people, but to many, many people because of this particular principle that was not implemented in their life. And, And here's one of them, and this may be you right now. You don't want to wait till you have two maxed out credit cards before you say, I think it might be a good idea to get on a budget, right? Well, yes, getting on a budget's a great idea, but you should have put out the canoe before you went over the fall, sweetheart. I mean, like, you have already, there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering. You have already hurt yourself pretty good, and yes, the budget's going to help, and you can get out, and there's always hope, but it's going to be a long haul. But if you had just put out just a couple hundred yards up there, wow, the difference it would have made in your life. And sometimes people wait, they're they're dating, things getting more seriously, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, I think I wanna get God involved in my relationship. I think I should pause and assess the relationship. But many times people will pause and assess the relationship once they're pregnant, okay? I know, Some of you are like, wow, that's really... Yes, it really happens, right? It really happens. Don't wait till then. Yes, you need to assess the relationship. You need to pause and say, God, is this actually the person you want me to be with? But don't do it. Don't wait so late. Put the canoe out earlier, okay? Don't wait till we've gone over the falls and then say, yeah, I think it'd probably be a good idea to assess the river. Let's find out where those falls might be. That's too late. And it's not too late from the standpoint that God forgives you and you can pick up the pieces and God will help you to move on. But there is a long, difficult road ahead. It's going to be much different than if you had put out just a little earlier. If you're married, don't wait till infidelity has happened. Unfaithfulness, an affair happens. Before you say, I think we ought to work on the marriage. We should probably go find a counselor. Uh, Yes, that's a great idea. But you waited a little late. If you had started a little bit earlier, maybe some of this suffering, the consequences would not have happened to you. But there is this sense in which I am blind to, I'm going to look away from, I'm going to turn a blind eye to the danger I see coming. This isn't really going to happen to me. We'll figure it out. It'll all work out in the end. It'll all fix itself. Oh my gosh, I wish it worked like that. It doesn't work like that. You got to work on it. You have to act. You've got to do something in order for it to be different. You see, when it comes to relationships particularly, prudent people approach them very different than simpletons. Prudent evaluate relationships based on where they are going. I hope you're paying attention. Some of you, this is going to change your life, okay? Prudent people evaluate relationship based on where it is going, The simpleton evaluates the relationship based on where it is right now. We're having a good time. How could it be wrong? We're just having a good time. Don't take away our fun. We're having fun. But where is it going? You see, here's the interesting thing. Is that the prudent understand this. Relationships are dynamic. They're always moving. They're not static. In other words, they're either getting healthier or unhealthier. They are either growing or they are dying. In other words, if you're in a relationship and you started over here with point A, right? This is the beginning of the relationship, and now you find yourself at point B. It's moving in a particular direction with quite a bit of accuracy. You can predict that it's headed over here to a C, okay? I know, that sounds like it's so overly simple. It's not really that complicated, okay? You can kind of see where relationships are heading, and prudent people will start to have the conversations before they get here. Begin early, put out the canoe before you get to the falls, in other words. It's so incredibly important, because prudent people do this, sampletons don't, and they suffer the consequences. And they cripple themselves relationally, going from one busted, broken relationship to another throughout their life and can't seem to ever figure out how to get this thing right. It's the way they're looking at it. They're missing something. They're not seeing something that other people do see. And it's so important. This is what the proverb writer is talking about here. Now, to put it all together, verse 12 says this. It says that the prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So let me give you that prayer to summarize this verse all the way down. I'm calling it the prayer of the wise. And I want to just challenge you. Some of you might need to write this prayer down, put it on your, your mirror where you get ready in the morning, put it on your dashboard or your car, and just continue, start to pray this to the Lord daily. It's simply taking this verse and saying, Jesus, help me to see trouble before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. As we've been talking about, there's a big difference between knowing and doing. Between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next It's a radically big chasm there. And, and, and I want to just tell you that this is the prayer or a version of this prayer right here is what God used in my wife Leslie and i's life back in two thousand and four that led to the beginning of braz's fellowship this room you're sitting in today came from this prayer. I have seen in my own life and in other people's that God loves to answer this prayer. God will answer this prayer he's looking for people that are willing to, to honestly i mean from the bottom of your heart with all the earnestness you can muster to pray a prayer like that. God, I really wanna see. Show me. I've been blind to it. I haven't been seeing these things. It's just been hitting me left and right. I'm getting hurt and I'm missing something. Show me. Help me have the wisdom to see what's coming, what to do, and the courage to do it. Show me how to do that, Lord. So incredibly important. Because here's the thing, folks it is time, it's time to act. Now, some of you today desperately need to hear what I'm saying, because you're running out of time, that if you make too many more big messes with your life, you're not going to live long enough to, to clean it all up, to fix it. You'll spend most of the rest of your life trying to clean up and fix the messes that you've made so far, and you don't have to make these These are avoidable. They are natural, yes. There are consequence. There is a series of, of, of response and consequences in this life, but they are avoidable. You could make different decisions. And simply to say, it's time not just to talk about this or to think about it or just even just to pray about it. Although I encourage you to pray about it, it's time to act, to do something, and to do something now. Because if you refuse to act, if you avoid this decision, refusing to act guarantees disaster. There is a fall coming, and if you don't get out of the way, you're going to suffer the consequences. You're going to suffer the pain, and so will those connected to you, your children, your spouse, your friends. Some of you can see it coming, and you've been trying to talk yourself out of it trying to convince yourself, this is not going to hurt me. The events of life are isolated. They're not connected. Come on. How long are you going to believe that lie? They are connected. And when you look ahead at what's coming next for you, what are the red flags? What are the flashing red light on the dashboard saying, pull over now? overheated. This is not working. This is busted. This is broken. You need to give this some attention. Where is that happening in your life right now? And if I could pull you one at a time and just the two of us sit down and have a conversation, here's the question that I would ask you just between you and me. What is it that you have been trying so hard not to see? That you've been turning a blind eye to this in your relationship, in your finances, with your career, What is it that needs to change, needs some attention, needs some, like, courage acted upon to do the right thing, but you have been wimping out, let's be honest, and you have not been doing what you need to do, and you've been convincing yourself, oh, it'll work itself out, it's going to fix itself, it'll be all right, it's going to, are you acting like life is isolated events? It's not, it's connected, it's all the seasons of life connect. Your present becomes your past and shows up in your future. That's how it works. And today is the day. Some of you need to break up with somebody that you've been with, that that relationship is not drawing you closer to God, it is becoming a wedge between you and God. For some of you, it's time to get a counselor and get some help and to seize the moment while you still have time before you go over the fall. Some of you need to cut up some cards and stop racking up consumer debt on your credit cards. Quit it. This is killing you. It's hurting you. It's not setting you up well for the future. You know this. Some of you need to change your number, disconnect from certain people. Their influence on your life is destroying you. Stop it. Some of you need to disconnect with certain people that are just poison in your life. Or maybe in the workplace, you have the power to fire somebody who is toxic to that work environment, and it's time that you do it, and you've not had the courage, and it's time to do it. You need to do it. What is that next thing that needs to happen that you have been wimping out, that you have not been willing to say, yes, you haven't had the courage in the past, but now you will. Today is the day I'm praying God will give you the courage that you will do what you need to do. What is that thing? To be prudent, to be wise, to foresee the danger and take precautions while you still have time. Here's the prayer. I've already given it to you, but here's the prayer of commitment. I'm asking you to pray with me. Simply saying, Jesus, help me to see trouble before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. And right now, what I want to do is lead us in a moment of prayer and in this prayer. For some of you, this next step may have to do with your marriage or your relationship or your future marriage or your dating relationship. For some of you, this is your relationship with God, that it's time to begin it. It's time to recommit to it. It's time to let God know, you're, I'm serious. I've, I've been flirting with foolish things that are really destroying my relationship with you, and I'm done with that. I've been acting like a child. I've been acting like life is a series of isolated events, and I am not going to live like that anymore. I'm going to start making decisions today that are going to move me towards the hopes and dreams that God's put in your heart. Once again, thanks for listening.